This is your anime DJs with the weekly rundown 48. Let's get it. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, on this weekly rundown, we'll be going through uh, Undead Unluck episode 13, Jujutsu Kaisen episode 23. Um, but before we jump right into it, Tyler, how you doing, man? Hey, yeah, I'm doing good. It's the new year, new me, I guess you could say. Uh, well, that's what everybody says, I guess. So, okay, we just out here chilling. Yeah, I have a friend who's uh, unfortunately their identity has gotten stolen, but Ooh. they've been going they've been going around <laughs> saying "New Year, New Me" literally, and it's been cracking me up. Yeah, at oh least they got God. a good humor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're really just leaning into it, and and I can't really uh, ask for any more than that. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I, I'm sorry, I had to, I had to say that. It's they've been saying it every day. They've just been texting me, and it's been cracking me up. Dan, what about yourself, man? I'm good, man. You know, nice, easy, relaxing weekend. Uh, let's see, what did I do? I uh, came up with 47 New Year's uh, resolutions. I signed up for the gym. No, I'm just got to do any of this shit. Oh, <laughs> yo. New, new Year, same Dan. Okay, very good. Yeah, it's <laughs> same for me. I'm still on my bullshit. Never going to stop. I was going to say, Dan's on top of it. Damn, I didn't even like think I had to, 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 to today. I can't even speak today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, awesome, guys. Awesome. Um, did you guys do anything for New Year's? Uh, I took care of my dog, who is having some stomach problems. So oh. uh, I didn't really sleep last night, and uh, I've heard a lot of gross noises. So, uh, yeah, great New Year's. <laughs> it was a little bit more fun for me. Uh, I played, like, Escape from Tarkov Arena for a long time and then watched a ball drop uh, while drinking a few, you know? So, Hell yeah. Pretty chill. Very nice. nice. Yes. Um, I, I won my fantasy uh, championship game at like 1130. And after that, I went to sleep. <laughs> well, I just thankfully. blasted away the champions all, uh, in my house and then I went to sleep. <laughs> so I earned that shit. Thankfully, I I knew that I was champion, uh, champion of my league after uh, the three o'clock game. So. It was very stressful, though. Only won by five points, I think. Uh, so, oh damn, I won by uh point six eight points. Mm. So y'all pray for me if there's any stat corrections, I might be <laughs> fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it is a tight race, straight uh, barn burner. But guys, you guys ready to get to get into our short rundown this week? Yes, sir. Yeah, let's do it. All, all right, right, all right. We're going to start with Undead Unlock episode 13 called Tatiana after our favorite ball with arms. Uh, while Tatiana is busy fighting, she gets news that Fuka was injured during the fight with On Repair. While she's coming to this realization, we get to learn more about Tatiana and her backstory. So to begin the episode, we see that Tatiana is fighting Creed and Fang. 
we also get a flashback of Tatiana trying to get revenge for Gina's death. And um, I was kind of glad that they didn't really show all of this in the original anime, like in the original episode when like we first got like her just obliviating Andy. But I thought it was cool that they brought it back in a flashback. What do you guys think? I thought that was a, a really good uh, thing that they did. I also like that they kind of like unballing that moment for the rest of the characters too. Because uh, I remember we were talking that, you know, they kind of seem like they don't care about each other at all. And we're slowly kind of figuring out that's not true at all. Quite the opposite. So I thought it was really cool. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not sure if it's like everybody cares about everybody that much or if it's like there's little clicks within the sure like people, you know, like 10, there's clicks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, plus, plus, so like, uh, they're literally fighting against God. So, like, if they fight amongst themselves, there's no way they're going to win against God. So, very true. Very true. Definitely. We also get to learn a little bit about um, Tatiana's negator ability, and her attack is called UT Area. I have no idea what UT could mean in this. I was trying to think of like a big AOE boom boom kind of attack you could call UT, but nothing came to mind. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm I'm going with unsomething, but I, I don't know what the T would stand for. Oh, we're I, dumb. Well, I think I know. I think it, we're I really think it's, dumb. <laughs> I think I it's untouchable. Saying. It's untouched. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> untouchable area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're really dumb like the minute wow. like i looked at it again i was like wait her name's untouchable we're idiots <laughs> <laughs> at first i didn't know what it meant until they until they literally unveiled her uh power later and then i was like it has to be untouchable area that that would make sense okay in all fairness i wrote this question before they revealed her name <laughs> i mean it's still a good question like you, you still wouldn't like put it together somewhat it, it took a minute for me to think about it yes oh yes. what it meant so yeah as soon as i said on dan's like damn it <laughs> I was like, oh no <laughs> <laughs> well we live and we learn boys <laughs> awesome so uh, also during the flashback we learned that the power suit the big ball looking thing that tatiana wears is actually to keep her power in um, her power is so devastating that they have to contain it in this uh, ball-looking mecha thing. So that was kind of surprising. I thought it was like I thought it was going to be like a touch thing, like she couldn't touch people, kind of like Fuko. But I didn't think it was going to be what it was going to be. You know? Yeah, I, I thought it was something that was going to make her very fragile. I thought it was for her protection, not everybody else's. So. I I still don't quite like understand it to the max. Like it, it says something about impurities, right? Like, uh, like, do y'all know how it exactly works? I think anything that touches her is just vaporized. And if she uses her power to its full extent and unleashes this UT area attack, it basically just pushes everything out of that could be touching that ball, like her little barrier. So, so her barrier is expanding. So that's like what the big AOT or AOE attack is. Yeah. My, my thoughts were that, yeah, her power suit is actually, it's just compressing her, her area. Um, and she can like manually take it off um, in order to unleash it. That, that's what I thought. But I thought the power suit was, it's pretty fucking awesome. Once we saw it in action. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was thinking it's just compressing. And then, uh, 
I don't know. It seems like she has to actually take it off to use her power, which is a little unfortunate, but makes sense because nothing can be inside of her little her uh, her area. Yeah, cool. and yeah. No, oh, go for it. I, I was your question, so I was just curious if you were going <laughs> to respond to it. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> cool. Tyler's been drinking, drinking. <laughs> Tyler's got that New Year's Day hangover. <laughs> yes, right now. Yes, a little sir. foggy over here, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my world. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So during this, uh, when Tatiana is using her UT area attack and she's getting ready to explode to kill Andy for get revenge on Gina, uh, Fuko takes responsibility for Gina's death because it was her on luck that killed Gina. And that kind of gets Gina to come back to reality or sorry, not Gina, uh, Tatiana to come back to reality and stop unleashing this attack. And she's really quick tempered. So like, I feel like she's just a bomb waiting to go off. So it's good to see that Fuko was able to help rein her in in this. That's true. That's true. I don't know if I would have taken like full responsibility uh, about this because, well, I guess they did, they did sick Fuko and Andy on her. Um, but she kind of seemed dead set on killing Fuko as well. Um, but in the moment, maybe it's the right thing to just say, yeah, that's my fault. But you don't know if she's going to try to, you know, explode you or vaporize you or whatever i don't know yeah you gotta gamble in that scenario right because you don't want to see tatiana have to deal with the aftermath of all that you know yes that was that was very uh very savvy by fuko what a big heart so yeah. after this we get a nice scene with tatiana in her room and she is she's a kid she is a child playing with stuffed animals and fuko comes in and i was laughing because tatiana was like these are all my toys you can't touch them of <laughs> shit dog so she's definitely like a young girl which we learned further through a flashback but there was a scene where fuko shakes tatiana's hand and they became friends and there was one line i really liked where she basically was like let's shake hands the best we can now but when our bodies are turned back to normal let's shake hands for real and i thought that really said in so much she did want to create a friendship with tatiana so i thought that was pretty cool yes it yes it's also interesting, like, if they kill God, right, do they do all the, like, the negator abilities just go away? I wonder, is that what that's hinting at? I would assume so. Yeah, I guess all the rules get undone. Um, yeah, and they would lose their abilities, which, good for Fuko, and especially mm -hmm. Tatiana. It must get lonely in that little ball. And good for Andy, too. Dude's, dude's been wanted to die for a hundred-something years. <laughs> Yeah, can't can't forget about him. So we also learned that uh, we got another flashback, and this was to when Tatiana was in her childhood home in Russia. So we learned that Tatiana's a Ruski. And we <laughs> learned that the untouched powers transferred to her during her fifth birthday. And this scene was tragic, boys. Like, she's blowing out candles on her fifth birthday. Her parents are there saying happy birthday. And all of a sudden, her ability activates. And her home and her family are just leveled. Yeah, like you, she blew out more than candles that day. Yeah. <laughs> you just saw, like, blood spots on the destroyed walls of this house. 
So, uh, yeah, RIP to uh, Mama and Daddy Tatiana here, boys. Yeah, that was that was a pretty crazy scene. It was it was sad to see, and uh, I know we were like speculating on how powers transferred, and we were talking about maybe it's like a black beard type of deal, where when somebody's born, they aren't automatically a negator, and we learned that they get transferred upon death to an already living person. Which I thought was an interesting thing to to pick up here, especially since we had talked about it. Um, so I, that must be really, really hard for like a young kid. The same thing happened to Fuko. I think she was a little older than five, but just to suddenly have powers and you're accidentally hurting people, or in Fuko and Tatiana's cases, you know, killing your parents and other people. Brutal. Yeah, that's a tragic backstory. That's something like. Uh, that she has been holding in for a long time, probably too. So, yeah, and to be yes, I mean Tatiana was five years old, like newly five years old. Probably just didn't understand what the hell was going on. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I honestly, if that happened to me at thirty, I wouldn't understand what's going on. You know, it doesn't I mean, matter that you're five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's a good point. <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> Wonder how old she is now, Tatiana. She can't be no older than like ten, right? I I don't know. I mean, based on how long her hair is when she's in the little orb, she's gotta she's gotta be like ten to thirteen, somewhere in that range. I feel like. That would make I, sense. I wonder, does everybody automatically get the anti aging thing when they become part of like the union and the round table, like Gina? Mm. Well, Gina's ability was unchanged, though. I guess that didn't. She was taking a lot of. A lot of she put on a lot of makeup, I guess, but yeah, yeah, um, okay, okay, I'm not sure. Uh, to continue, continue on with the flashback, uh, Gina, or sorry, no, I keep saying Gina, Tatiana, um, she basically gets uh abducted by the mafia and brought to one of the auctions, very similar to what we're we've been witnessing right now. And she's being auctioned off, and the cost got up to 200 million dollars for this little girl. And they were like, yeah, she's an ornament. Like, she's gonna, you can look at her. That's it. You feed her through this little tube. And I can't imagine how tragic of a life that would be. And what kind of sick fuck would actually pay money to have that and own that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just sad. Like, why would you even want to look at that? That's, it's, it, it was awful. Rich and, people and money, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess. And then, Damn. and then, like, the fact that she was like, Pretty much begging to be killed once she got saved was like even sadder to me. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's hard to live like that. What she's been through, what she's caused, and then just to be like, "Oh yeah, you're you're saved now. Like we're gonna take you, and and you know everything's gonna be okay." But no, not to her. She's like, "I I want this to be over. This body is is really getting in the way of everything for me." Did you guys think this was like? I thought this was the heaviest scene in the anime so far. A kid wishing for her own death was crazy, man. It was. It was. It was pretty heavy. Uh, I, it probably was the heaviest scene that I've seen in Undead Unlocked too. But it's done a few more, you know, like Fuko trying to kill herself and stuff like that. So, um, but obviously she wasn't a seven or eight year old kid. So, true, true, true. And at least like Andy was there for like some comic relief. Um, this was just like it was a little heavy. I was yeah. not expecting that. I never am from this show for some reason. 
I've I've come to expect sad things from this show, I feel like. And there was a little comic relief at the end though, with Billy showing up and um uh, Tatiana was just like, put that gun down my throat and end my life. That should do it. And instead of killing her, he shoves in what he calls long cakes. Oh yeah. <laughs> and these cakes are like three feet long. It's like a little like it looks like an ice cream sandwich, but I'm sure it's just like crackers with some filling in it kind of thing. And he just starts shoving him in the hole because when she opens her mouth, I guess her barrier opens in that area so she can eat. And he's just shoving this cake down her throat and she's so happy. So I'm really glad <laughs> they did bring a lighter topic in to add a little comedy and finish it off at the end of the flashback. Yes. And it just happened to be her favorite flavor of cake. Uh, strawberry. It, it, it's funny. You you think that was comedy. I I, I thought that was pretty sad. <laughs> Hey, she'll was, live for I was, cake. I was tearing up a little bit. I tried to put a gun down her throat. It was funny. <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't think yeah, that I'll was funny that. either. I was just saying, it both of them was sad for me. I was like, damn. She gets so excited over just like a, a cake bar or whatever. So, Yeah. I mean, at least it gave her something to, to look forward to because she was getting fed with like the, like the, the IV bag type deal. Pretty much just sucking on nutrient juice. That yeah. that would that be like terrible. Stew or something, you know, like <laughs> run that shit up, put it in the tube. I'd be all, I'd be a little better than nutrient juice. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It definitely would be. But it's good to get a little backstory on Billy too, because we haven't learned a lot about him yet. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. very nice he's, guy. He's one of the um, the round table, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to clarify. He's got some spurs on them boots. We got a cowboy. Kinda, yeah, we got a cowboy. Reminds me of Andy, a little bit. Similar, so. I guess, in the f- the sense that he is caring for a little girl who wanted to die. That's fair. Dad and his facial features. His they face do looks look like similar. Andy. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of characters who look like Andy in this because um, gr- was it crime or grime? Do the big uh, the Gatling gun? He kind of looks like Andy too. Okay, I got. It. I see what you're saying. We're getting the reverse out of here. Where all the male characters look similar <laughs> instead of all the female characters. <laughs> <laughs> but so coming off the flashback uh, and to finish the episode. We get Tatiana using her UT area ability to destroy everything close to her. And homie blew up a ship. And the only thing I could think of was Tatiana, more like the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) Destroying this thing, dude. Yeah, it's a wrap. I I hope uh, some of those, well, all those people on that boat end up in the sea because deplorables. They're all deplorables. Definitely, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that that would be a crazy shift in the world economy. You know, I mean, that's a lot of money and flush down the drain. Yes, yes, we'll be yeah. all right. <laughs> we'll yeah, be we, all don't right. Need, we don't need that dirty money. <laughs> nah, not at all. <laughs> and during this attack, we see Tatiana come out of her shell, literally, and she uses it and destroys uh most of the ship. And this also allows. Um, Andy to get his eyes on unrepair. And the last thing we see is Andy bite off his finger to do a little parts bullet. And that's when the episode ends. 
So excited to see where it goes next. If they actually take down on their parents, say Fuko, or if we get some different, uh, different conclusion here. Yeah, I really do wonder because, I mean, as we've been told by Rip slash Unrepairs, like he has to die in order for her to live. Um, I don't know what other way they would say Fuko. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I'm still thinking that um, the one that stops people from moving is going to join the crew and not Unrepair. That's that's oh. what I'm thinking still. Oh, Unrepair is dead for all I can care. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely gone. not gonna. Yeah, he's not gonna join the, the union. But I think we're gonna get like a crazy twist here. Um, I'm not sure if if Andy will kill Rip. I think he, I think Rip's gonna pull some shit out of his ass and make himself untouchable. Hmm. Okay. Ooh. Untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> not literally. Not literally. But yeah. Well, sweet. Is, yeah. Y'all ready? Fun. Yeah, let's get into JJK. The finale. Yeah, the finale. Uh, it'll probably be a while before we see JJK again, honestly. But this is episode 23. I called Shibuya Incident Gate Close. And basically, this episode centers around Kamo Nor- Nor- Noritoshi's plan for the world. Meanwhile, the non-sorcerers and the rest of the world are trying to figure out what happened in Shibuya. Um, this episode picks up right where we left off last time with Yuki pulling up on Ghetto, fake Ghetto, and asking what type of girl he likes. I'm pretty sure she asked back then. Um, and she starts her conversation talking about how to get rid of curses and advancing humanity to the next stage. But it's just a ruse to give LaRue time to act. And, um... During this time, like, we're trying to think, like, who is LaRue? Have they been introduced? Did y'all know at the time? I did not. I do not remember who LaRue is. Um, So I didn't know who she was talking about at the time, no. Yeah, I didn't know who LaRue was, but after a quick Google search and seeing his picture, I knew exactly who he was. So <laughs> LaRue was in uh, JJK Zero. He was one of Keto's group. And uh, he was the buff-ass dude with the heart-shaped nibbles. And we saw him briefly again in season two. So he basically, when Ghetto died, said, I'm going to stay neutral in this whole thing. So I think it's interesting that he's working with Yuki. Like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. And, you know, we all know, like, Yuki is one of the stronger uh, sorcerers or whatever. So um, it's kind of interesting to see her, like, just being like a decoy while... LaRue is acting so like my thing is like what's LaRue doing you know while she's being a decoy y'all have any idea I don't remember what his curse technique is so I have no idea no I I remember him like stopping that like fight that they were gonna have after Ghetto died I mean after uh I guess fake Ghetto went rogue on them or whatever um but I'm not sure what exactly it could be they didn't explain it at all they showed us what he could do, but not really explaining it. Yeah. Well, I think, wasn't it like smashing the ground or something or some shit? Like, was it like super strong shit or something? He like split. Yeah. Like he split that concrete room they were in. Um, yeah. He even cut, I think I remember him like cutting like a fly in half or something like that. I'm not hmm. sure if it's like barriers or something like that, but maybe. Hmm. But I, okay. I do, I do kind of understand why he would be with Yuki though. 
me and Old Ghetto and Yuki are working towards the same goal of getting rid of curses. So quick talk and you could convince them. Yeah, I guess uh, very different uh, paths to the same goal. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely different. But they, they kind of want the same, I guess, result, roughly. You know, they just got different ways of going about it, is basically what it is. But we all know that fake ghetto, he's not the real ghetto, and obviously probably his... Um, you know, his progression and towards that goal has changed or whatever. Whereas Yuki's Yuki hasn't, you know? Yeah. That man, that man, fake ghetto has been lying his ass off. Yeah. And basically to get into the next little thing is, uh, like the next step of humanity <clears throat> is optimizing cursed energy versus being freed from it. It's basically, uh, Yuki and fake ghettos, plans i guess and how they differ i believe uh yuki said Kamo or fake ghettos plans needs tengen's barriers because other countries have very few sorcerers and cursed spirits compared to japan like was that interesting for y'all to uh hear yeah for for me i i, I can't think of a reason why that would be because curses are born from fear human fear so I don't understand why Japan, unless they're a bunch of scaredy cats, why they would have more curses and sorcerers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure on that. Unless it's something related to like a hot spot of cursed energy below the world or something like that, you know, which is why there could be others somewhere. But like Japan is the epicenter kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's also revealed that Kamo and fake fake ghetto's plan is to create chaos beyond his control using Maito's powers. Uh, however, Maito had to mature so his power would grow, and that's revealed to us. It's revealed to us that Curse's powers don't advance once they've been absorbed. I, yeah. I assume by ghetto. So yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting. I mean, Yuji pretty much did uh, not Maito, but fake ghetto's Kamo's work for him. It's like, you know, I had to have him box some people up, and I really appreciate you for making him transform into Frieza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the bad thing is, is like, it wasn't his only plan to absorb Mahito. He wanted to absorb Jogo, too. Um, like, he, he was in it for himself the whole time, it seems like, um, which I guess is... Kamo Nor Noritoshi's big thing is like he's been in it for himself since the beginning. Uh, uh, he just uses pawns along the way, I guess. So. Yes, and the fact that he had like a few special grade curses and one cooking, like just in his back pocket, is crazy to me. Yeah, and I can't imagine if he was able to absorb Jogo, like what kind, like how much more powerful he can become. Honestly. That would be wild. Yeah, that'd be absolutely insane. We saw what Jogo could do, and he he was, you know, can't say he was really boxing with Sukuna like that. He didn't lay a finger on him, but we saw how strong he was. He entertained Sukuna, you know. So exactly. That's not good Not many enough. people can say that. True. <laughs> um, but then we get into Kamo and Fake Ghetto. They casted auto-transfiguration on two different types of people. 
people who he had absorbed cursed objects like Yuji. Um, he gave them ability to be vessels. And the other one was like um, people like Junpei, the guy Mahito tricked in season one, if you remember, who have cursed techniques, but whose brains were structured like non-sorcerers. And he gave them the ability to activate their curse techniques. What did y'all think about like all that? Learning all that information. That was a mind fuck. Because that just goes to show how long this big evil grand plan has been marinating. And I think it goes back farther than Kamo Noritoshi. Like I think this shit goes back like a thousand fucking years, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he ends up, yeah, he ends up saying, "I've been do, I've been up to this plan for a thousand years." So he's <laughs> older than that. Like it's, it's, it's nuts. They thought thought he was only one hundred and fifty years old. Not even um, brain swapping for a long ass time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why he was like, "Oh, that, yeah, that is one of the one of the names I took up at some point. I don't even remember when." Makes more <laughs> sense now. Makes a lot more sense. But I mean, of of the actual plan and how he. Um, transfigured people's like souls, I guess, in their brains. Like, I didn't really understand why he needed people to be vessels. Um, the people that eaten the the cursed objects. I didn't really understand that part. I understood why he would want people to more people to have cursed techniques because he wants people everybody to duke it out. But the first part, I didn't really understand why. I think by creating more vessels, he's just creating more chaos. I mean. He went on to say, imagine a thousand malevolent Yuji Itadori's running around. And uh, I'm just imagining a hundred or a thousand little mini Sukunas because, well, they can't all be the king of curses. But like, <laughs> yeah, that's a scary scene, dude. That's that's going to be crazy next season. Yeah, not stop is. boxing. Well, maybe, maybe they didn't. Maybe he didn't actually mean like the, like a thousand Sukunas. Maybe he meant like just freaks of nature like Yuji, you know, that's kind of the way I took it that had potential to gain, um, uh, something like Sukuna. Maybe he can like give them like use ghetto's, uh, ability to give them a cursed, you know, spirit or something like kind of like Sukuna. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what it yeah. is. I mean, Yuji ate a cursed object, and that's where he got his Sukuna powers from. So, like, this is basically just a thousand of those. Um, yeah. I don't think they're going to have, like, the physical capabilities of Yuji because he's a freak of fucking nature. <laughs> but still, you put a thousand people out there with cursed abilities that just awaken out of the blue. Like, she's going to go heavy real quick. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, they, you know, the, the name of the next arc is called was the Culling Game. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna go crazy. Yeah, and I think that um he also said that he was gonna make them fight each other to create like a bunch of chaos. Um uh so we we don't exactly know like what 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 happens well the reason they I think they said was that um so that they could learn how to use um curses better, I think, to or experience or something like that, right? I mean, the way I look at this is this is just your giant hunger game scenario right here. Oh. And the strong are going to survive. And that's who fake ghetto wants his allies or wants to suck up, you know? So I think this whole thing is really just to create more powerful curses 
or allies. Curses he can absorb or allies in his master plan. Right. So you think maybe, at the end of the day he just wants to like eat them? Yeah, I mean that's what I would assume in this power. Okay. I mean, Interesting. Yeah, I think his end goal is to bring Sukuna back to full power and team up with him and do hood rat shit, but um, not sure how he's going to get there, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting. It's it's pretty much a battle royale, but the whole whole earth to the, the battlefield. It's going to be nuts. Yeah, he just dropped the battle bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yuki was shook. Um, But then uh, after that, he, Kamo, Fake Ghetto, he releases the seal on... All these, well, we just talked about that. I'm sorry. Uh, the the cursed object that Kamo distributor were what was left of all the sorcerers that has been making packs for thousands of years. He also made packs with curses, we figured out. Um, so, like, what do, what does he exactly mean by all that? What What's the purpose of like them telling us about all the packs that he's been making and how they don't make any difference now since he moved bodies. Did y'all understand like what they were trying to tell us? I think it was him basically saying, hell, this could have been a lot worse if I didn't have this one little nitpick about this ability here. Because I mean, think of he just made this many packs in like what a year or two. No, a thousand. A thousand. No, no, no. I'm saying he said that when he transfers bodies, the packs are no longer active. Right. Yeah. So I'm saying he made this many packs since he took over Ghetto's body. Is that what he was saying? Or was, was so. he saying like total? Yeah, he, he had been making packs for thousands of years is what he said. Yeah, but then he says that the packs don't transfer when he switches bodies. I thought he meant specifically Ghetto's bodies because of his power. That's what I thought he meant. Oh, maybe. I'm not sure. I might have misunderstood it. Yeah, yeah. see, dude, this part really confused me because I'm like, why are they telling us this? Because all them uh, previous packs doesn't matter anymore, right? Um, because once he switched to Ghetto's body, like they went away based on what he said. So, um, so I was just kind of a little bit confused on what the whole purpose of this uh, information was. So... Yeah, I mean, hopefully that we get like an explanation uh, during the next season as the story continues. Because yeah, I don't understand the purpose of the packs anyway. Um, maybe with the curses, hey, if you just box up everybody you see, which they kind of do anyway. Like with the <laughs> sorcerers, I don't really understand like what he would need a pact for. Yeah, and um, also while leaving, Amo Beghetto was hoping that Sukuna was listening in. And thanks to the world, uh, the EC's, uh, I'm not sure, Heon? Yeah, the Heon, yeah. Heon. Heon, the Golden Age of Jujutsu is starting again. So he hopes the Sukuna is seeing this and realizing that this Golden Age of Jujutsu is happening. Um, and afterwards, we see how the non-Jujutsu world is dealing with the whole Shibuya incident. Uh basically it's it's a panic uh no one out no one outside of the government knows what really happened and are trying to get everyone to evacuate the cities or trying to figure out plans to evacuate the cities um officials are 
afraid that there would be like massive outbreaks of cursed spirits due to like all the people's fears. Um, and the plan is also to announce the existence of cursed spirits and that they only arise in Tokyo. So that's a big, that's a big thing because as of right now, um, normal people don't know about cursed spirits and all that jujutsu sorcerers and all that stuff. So they're planning on going full, you know, coming out, coming out with it all. And, uh, how do you think this will affect Japan and Jujutsu Kaisen? And do y'all think like, this is the right thing to do? I wasn't sure about it being the right thing to do. Um, one, because if you make people more fearful, aren't they just going to create more curses? with the leaking of their own cursed energy. I didn't really understand why they, they would have to um, reveal that there are cursed spirits now, other than to tell people to avoid them. But there's just going to be more. Yeah, I mean, during this whole thing, we saw people get embodied by cursed spirits left and right. So I don't think, like, even if they didn't tell them, I think it's too late in that front. Like, there's just, there's a lot of cursed spirits in Japan right now that are out running amok. Um, I was surprised that the government knew that they existed. I thought it was kind of like this own little world, but I think it's cool that they let us know that like the Japanese government did know about cursed spirits and kind of had just been letting the Jujutsu sorcerers do their thing, you know? Yes. Uh, I think Gojo mentioned it to Yuji when like they, the, the beginning of JJK. Oh, okay. Yeah, he Many had mentioned it ago. one time, I think, yeah. But it, it was kind of just glossed over because it wasn't important at the yeah. time. Yeah. Now so it it's very important. Full, yeah, it just came full circle. So they, they dropped that on us, you know, without us blinking an eye at it. But yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you got to tell them at this point. There's, there's no way to explain what happened in Shibuya because nobody felt an earthquake and it was a crater. What are you going to say? Uh, a meteor hit Shibuya and nobody saw it fall out of the sky? Like, you know what I just thought about, and I, I think it makes sense, is that um, Kamo, not only for fighting purposes, gave those people cursed items, right? They, now that they have cursed energy inside of them, they can see all the cursed spirits now. So he's just in, ensuing more fear and creating more chaos doing that. So I think that's the reason, another reason why he, why he did that first part of his plan. That makes sense. And also, if you think about it, like the government is kind of just doing what Kamo wants, kind of. They're playing right into his plan because if they come out with the introduction of curses and jujutsu and all this stuff, and even if they're trying to focus it on Tokyo to not like have it spread or whatever, it's still benefiting Kamo if you look at it like that, if you think about it. It's still benefiting his plan. It's still going to go with what he wants to do. So I, I, I don't think it's the right thing to do either. Uh, or I don't think it's the right thing to do at all. I think they should just come up with some kind of bullshit lie. So Yeah. I just don't know what you can come up yeah. with that's not going to have conspiracy theorists going wild with it. You know, like... <laughs> you you got to try some though, right? You know, you can't just you can't just tell them the real truth and expect it to get better, right? So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you know, that, that's part of like why I think he did that first part of his plan with the the cursed objects because without a certain level of cursed energy, you can't even sense 
the the cursed spirit, so they would just be thinking people are dying randomly. But he wants them to know what what's actually happening. So he kind of forced their hand into telling people. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess uh, going to the next thing, uh, we also see the return of Utah. We we've been wondering where he's been, and now we see him finally. He's uh, we see him save a little girl with Rika's help. Uh, so. What y'all think? What y'all think about the return of Utah and Rika? I've been waiting on my man to, to pull up this whole, uh, like, at least with the fight with Mahito. And now that Ghetto was here, I thought we all thought that Utah was going to pull up and we got Yuki instead. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what, he, what he's going to do. We know he's going to be the executioner for Yuji. So they're going to have to scrap at some point. And I, I'm ready for that. <laughs> Sukuna versus. Uh, Utah. Hmm. Who do we uh, think? Sukuna. <laughs> I think there's a rule in JJK's. Like, if you face Sukuna, you must die. Unless you're Gojo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he had him with one finger, though. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, so unf- unfair fight. Unfair fight. Yeah, and uh, Yuki says that uh, they was in Shibuya, but it seems like she was sitting back to give Yuji room to work. She also stated that she's not on the Jujutsu side, Jujutsu world side. She's also about to pull up on Tengen. It's uh, it said. So, what what do y'all think about this new information about Yuki, and like, why do you think she wants to confront Tengen? Yeah, I mean, with with Tengen, like, that is the leader of the Jujutsu world, so the only thing I can think is that Tengen might have something up his sleeve, I mean, being, like, literally a god. Or if, you know, like, to warn him and be like, hey, like, they're coming for your ability here, and they're gonna try and make it so you can't find another one of these star platinum, that's not what it's called, the star, uh... (laughs) Star platinum MX card. I would say it's Star Platinum, but that's fucking uh, Star Star Plasma Vessel. Plasma. Is that what it is? Yeah, Plasma Vessel. Okay. Star Platinum is Jotaro's fucking stand (laughs) in Jojo's. (laughs) (laughs) But they might be trying to make it so Tengen also destroys the world. So there's a lot of aspects on that front. So maybe she's just trying to get his his opinion on it, you know? Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking about that question, it's like... um, Tengen's barrier, she said, was key to, I guess, optimizing cursed energy is what she called it. And she must want to confront him about maybe changing the barrier or doing something a little different. Um, but I don't think she like wants to like attack Ten- Tengen or anything like that. I think they just need to have a little sit down. What if what if like fake ghetto is on Tengen? Like what if they're kind of working together or something like that? Nah, no way. You don't think so? I'd enjoy it. <laughs> don't know what they would be doing. I don't think they are, but I would enjoy it. I mean, you you would think like Tengen would try to don't he have like the capability to like maybe try to stop fake ghetto somehow? Or no? I don't, I don't think he does. I mean, as Gojo explained or how he was explained to us at the beginning of the season is like think about him like a tree. Right, like he's just kind of like a sitting duck, but he has all these doors that can protect himself. So he's powerful, but not combat powerful. Mm, Okay. 
That's interesting. Okay. Well, um, to close this episode off, uh, we got a few things, few big things, uh, that we need to talk about, I guess. Um, we get some, uh, I guess, uh, statements from the the Jujutsu higher ups. Um, I think we got, uh, four or five, uh, but the first one is Ghetto's death sentence is reinstated. Um, so I, I'm assuming that it goes for Kamo. They're talking about Kamo, fake Ghetto at this point. He has been uh, issued a die once again. Uh, the second one is Sadaru Gojo has been deemed an accomplice in the Shibuya incident and is expelled from the Jujutsu Society. And any attempts to free him will be a crime. And that was like mind-blowing for me i didn't expect this at all um when i read this on the screen i was like what the hell bro like why yeah like so, that's their guy like why? he's like low-key their savior um i'm trying to think of some reasons dan you got anything i mean the only reason i could think he could be deemed an accomplice is the fact that he was ghetto's best friend and ghetto disappeared aka died and was taken over by a brain monster but like maybe they're not taking that information into account, or maybe they don't know that information, so they're thinking this is a long-term setup. Yeah, yes. but like, has nobody like relayed that Ghetto's not actually Ghetto? Like, that's like a major detail. Well, you know, the like, people who know are what dead. All or of the Tokyo, all the Tokyo students know, don't they? So, Did so everybody die in that last scene? they were standing right there that's true i guess yeah so my thing is is like uh when does this like take effect like does all like the tokyo students do are they accomplices because they're trying to free gojo at this point or like do they get free passes because this statement just came out well at that point their directive was to free satoru gojo so yeah. yeah, I don't think you're gonna get punished for following orders. You know, true, yeah. true. Oh, and and like I just thought about it. It's like so during uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, uh, Gojo would have reported Ghetto dead, and the fact that he's not dead, quote unquote, they think he's been lying. And then they also know that he met Ghetto on the street at the beginning of the, at the beat, like like we saw at the beginning of the season, and he didn't kill him then. So I think they're thinking, okay, he's just on this guy's side at this point. And but it also doesn't help. It also doesn't help that uh, the most strongest jujutsu sorcerer got captured. You know, I'm sure that looks bad. Like, you know, Gojo got captured. He let himself get captured. It's probably the the um, you know a lot POV. You know, of the jujutsu jujutsu higher up. So yeah. Somebody beat Gojo. Yeah, right. Okay, sure. Yeah, he let himself get beat. That way, he could carry out this plan. I that's that's what I think is the um thing. So, um, that yeah, makes I, more sense. But yeah, I thought that was pretty unfair. Um, just them not taking everything into account. Maybe they don't know, or maybe they're they work ass backwards. Like Gojo has been telling us this entire story. Um, the next one I thought was really, really unfair. The Yasamichi Yaga has now been sentenced to death for inciting Gojo and Ghetto and causing the Shibuya incident. 
That's BS. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was just their teacher. Like you, 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 He did what you told him to. And now he's the bad guy. Okay, cool. So I'm kind of thinking on it further, though. And it might be that. So Gojo has been a, a thorn in the side of the jujutsu higher ups for a long time now. I mean, think about how many times he's been like, no, nah, we're going to do it this way. And I mean, like keeping Utah alive, keeping Itadori alive, all this stuff. So they might just be spinning this to get Gojo the thorn out of their side in this sense. And basically anyone who would ally with Gojo is now considered sentenced to death. That's yeah. what I'm thinking now. Yeah, because uh, Yasamichi might do it, you know, go get him out of the box anyway. So they're like, okay, it's probably just better to get rid of him now. So I could I could see that, but this is all of this is ass backwards to me, except for Ghetto's death sentence being reinstated. I'll say yeah, that. that's that's what I was gonna say. Like I I disagree with like all of this shit, but except for the death sentence, obviously. Um, and then the last one is I think I mentioned this. I I think I asked. Um, I said that Yuji's execution was probably gonna be a plot point now since Gojo's gone. And here we are. The uh, suspension of Yuji's death sentence is revoked, and Yuta will be the executioner. Um, so now Yuta's main goal is to find Yuji and kill him. Um, so that's a thing that I disagree with again. <laughs> I, I don't know if I disagree with this one. I'm not going to hold you. Sukuna put a hole in a city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he, he might have done that. <laughs> All I can think about is that classic. I mean, what about the murders? What murder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I completely agree with this one. This and Ghetto's death sentence seem like pretty good moves. The rest of this jambalaya bullshit that they're spewing it was was stupid. But I can understand why they want to kill Yuji. I yeah. want to kill Yuji. All of this stuff too kind of makes me think that maybe Fake Ghetto is kind of spinning the spinning the wheels, and he's manipulating the higher ups at Jujutsu or the Jujutsu Kaisen world. So that could be it too. True. Yeah. We could we could we could have some rats up in there. So um, it's gonna be a fun season probably uh, next uh, whenever the hell we get it. So um, I guess to finish the episode out for real. Uh, the last thing we see before we close out is Yuji claps um, over a bridge and a massive, uh, a group like a massive cursed spirits come out to what we assume uh, to attack him. So uh, what do y'all think? What do y'all think about the final scenes? What do y'all, what do y'all think that means? Anything? It looks like Yuji's just trying to do what Yuji should, and that's defeat Cursed Spirits, so good for him. <laughs> yeah. Until Yuta pulls up. It's kind of nuts. Like, all he had to do was, like, make a sound, and all of those... I think it was at least three different, like, massive-looking curses, like, came out of the water. So I don't know. I hope it's just not on sight or sound like that throughout all of Japan. That would be absolutely terrible. Or if it's just in Shibuya. So we'll see. Yeah, I think there's something else going on in that scene, honestly. I just don't know what it is. Um kinda it kinda act like he was like summoning them, sorta. Y'all think there's any possibility that he could do something like that? No, I think they were just reacting to the sound made 
Okay. Well, um, if that's all y'all got, I guess we'll get into our like rating and final thoughts of uh, Jujutsu Kaisen season two. Yeah. Dan, you want to go, go first? first? Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I'm sticking on a rating for this just yet. Um, got to let it digest a little more. I'm somewhere in the eights, I feel like. Um, but I really liked the way that this, the end of this season pulled so many aspects of what we've been seeing for the last two seasons and the movie come together. And it's kind of like where they left us with a really good cliffhanger. So I like that. I liked how they brought back a lot of the story from season two, part one with Tengen and everything like that and bringing back some of the older characters as well as bringing you to back. So I'm really excited to see what season three has in store for us. But I'm probably going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> they got him now. They I really got him. <laughs> um, me, I'm, I'm going to give it a high eight. Uh, this was gas. Um, we got some of the best fights of the year. Uh, everything that Dan just said, like them like come in full circle and some of the things they told us uh, early in season one. Uh, Gojo being defeated and captured. Well, just captured, uh, sealed away. Um uh, the reveal for uh, Ghetto's, uh, I guess I'm going to call him a uh, leech. He's uh, kind of necromancing here. I just thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was phenomenal. It was kind of a, a lot of boxing. I didn't know where they really, really were going with the whole five, first five or six episodes with all the flashbacks. But it all tied together. And then them bringing in stuff from the movie was pretty cool as well. So awesome stuff just all around, I think. Hell yeah. Uh, me, I believe I'm going to give it a nine. Um, this, like, one of my favorite things about this was the um, younger Gojo and Ghetto days in, like, the early season, just showing their personalities and stuff like that. And uh, even, like, the, like, this season was full of great boxing, like Bash just said. Like, it had some of my favorite fights of anime in just this season. And um, couple that with, you know, just showcasing, like I said, Gojo and Ghetto's old personalities, how they was, like the backstories, that was phenomenal, especially with Yuki and uh, um, Shoko, uh, I believe it is, uh, their um, third member or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if... Uh, like, if MAPPA had actually given them enough time to actually create what they envision this probably would be a 10 for me uh i feel like because it would it would have went even harder um we got like a lot of unexpected twists and turns um that came from all the boxing um you just don't find that very much in anime these days so i'm really glad that jujutsu kaisen is out here doing great shit you know yeah i mean so much happened so much happened and we got we got toshi Fujiguro introduced in this as well, and we can't forget about him. He was Twice. awesome to see. Yeah. Two times. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, just just great work um, here. And then, like you said, the animation was phenomenal. Appa did a great job. Hopefully those those animators uh, get some more time and some time off here. Nah, they're working the on Chainsaw Man. No, oh, I know. <laughs> they're, they're not getting a vacation right now. They don't go on vacation, but hoping for them. Hoping. Well, yeah. awesome. 
Cool. Well, hope you guys enjoyed this very abbreviated weekly rundown. Um, our other three shows either were on break or haven't started yet. So quick one for you. Uh, on Thursday, we're going to be going through the last three episodes of ZOM 100, which we're all very excited about. And we're going to be talking about the bucket list of the DGENs. Uh, make sure to rate the podcast on your streaming platform. And if you have any questions, topics you'd like to talk to us about, uh, hit us up in Discord, linktree.com slash animedgens, and we'll do our best to get to it. All right, y'all. Peace. Later. Bye.